Here's another area that I want us to see out here. To whom is love directed? It's directed to oneself. It's directed to oneself. Uh, my, my brother Demetrius and I, we went to go support some of our uh, youth uh, who had their championship basketball games uh, over the course of this weekend. And we went out there and uh, we were just watching this team play. And we were, we were, uh, and both of us have coached basketball before. And so we're sitting there, not that we're the subject matter experts or anything like that, but you know how it is for those of you that play basketball or those that you have a basic level of common sense, you start to ask questions. Why is this happening? Why are they doing this? Why are they calling these plays? Why is this and all that type of stuff? And I started to realize that this coach just simply could not coach. And so what I found out was one of the uh, other guys that were there with us that was a uh, part of the, the, the cheering team, if you will, that we were in that night. He said, hey, man, he said, you just can't teach what you don't know. You just can't teach what you don't know. And so for us to be able to learn how to teach others about the love of God and dare even say it starts with us first, as the scripture recorded, to teach ourselves how to love ourselves correctly through and with the love of God, we got to learn about it. We got to know about it. And so we got to put ourselves in the classroom to be able to do it. And he told us in verses six through seven, he says, listen, you should love, I mean, uh, in these words, I command you that they should be in your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your children. You should talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. He tells us in the Great Commission passage in 6 chapter later, Matthew chapter 28, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then he says in verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. So if we're not being learners, if we're not being students, how are we going to rightly know how to administer and teach the love of God to others if we're not receiving it and responding to it? ourselves. This is why our Bible studies are important. Our men on Monday nights and our women on Wednesday nights. This is why our morning glory prayer times when we get into the word before we pray, because we shouldn't be praying amiss that he says in John chapter 15, he says, listen, he says, watch this. He says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, if you live in me and my word lives in you, Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's why we take a time within our morning glory prayer means can get in the word because he gave us a promise. He says, if we dwell in him and his word dwells in us, then we can ask. We will not be praying amiss. We will hit the target every time because we'll be praying with the heart of God, with the mind of God, with the soul of God, with the strength of God, with the peace of God, with the power of God, and we won't miss. God will respond. So this is why these times of gatherings are important for us. This is why getting in the word specifically privately and publicly together as a family is important. That's why it's not just showing up to Bible studies. It's preparing before you show up. It's not just for the blessing and benefit of yourself, but it's also for the well-being of others. We have to know his word to be able to teach his word. We have to know his love to be able to teach his love. We have to know his grace to be able to teach his grace. We have to know his mercy to be able to show mercy and to teach mercy. And we have to know his promises in order to receive and to proclaim his promises. My brothers and sisters, it's imperative on us to get into the word of God and to not make excuses or allow distractions to keep us out of word of God. 
God. And yes, none of us are perfect in this area, nor will we ever be, but that's why it's a blessing to be in community as Hebrews 10, 23 tells us to do not forsake the assembly. The coming together, because that's where we encourage each other to love and good works. And one translation says faith and good deeds. And if you constantly are saying every time we gather, together, oh, I don't want to get online. Oh, I'm tired of the screen. Oh, I'm tired of all this and that. I'm, I'm tired. This is too early. This is too late. This and all that type of stuff. What that means is now you have opened the gate for the enemy to come in and say, got him. Because the enemy has a mission that he's on and he ain't let up yet. He comes to steal, kill and destroy and he still uses the same blueprint as what he did for our forefather and foremother of humanity, Adam and Eve, where he said, did God really say? He reduced them down and didn't he say the Lord God, the true and living God, Elohim. He tried to dismiss that and say, no, 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 no. Did God, he tried to, he tried to make him lesser in that moment. And in like manner, he'll try to make God lesser to you. And no, 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 no. You need to hurry up and get this work done. No, you need to pursue this goal before you really good. No, you need to clean yourself up in order to come into the presence of God. No, you need to do all. No, 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 no. He's a liar. Somebody typed in the chat. The devil is a liar. He's a liar and he's the author of lies and he's the author of confusion and there's no truth found in him. And so if he can do anything to distract you, to disrupt you and cause you to distrust God, he will because he know that is helping to fulfill his agenda for his kingdom. And that's to steal, kill and destroy the saints of God because he doesn't want us to reproduce ourselves here in the earth. And so in like manner, we're also to whom it is directed. Letter C is also directed to our children. It's directed to others. Verse seven says this needs to be taught to our children. In other words, the next generation. Well, you say I'm not a parent. Well, you may have a niece or a nephew, a cousin, a friend's child, etc., that you are in relationship with, that there is an opportunity for you there with them to impress on them. And just like the wise adage says, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, in like manner, it takes a church to raise a disciple. Here's the fourth thing I want to see. How is to love one another? I'll move through this quick. How is one to love? Deuteronomy 6 verse 5 says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. With all your heart, your will to love. With all your heart, your will to love. It's with all your soul, your want to love, and it's with all your mind, your why to love. Now, here's what I'm going to do, family. I'm going to stop there today because I want to break these up in two parts. I'm going to start here on next week. But what I want to do is I want to give you just a little bit more food for thought as it relates to this particular section. Because I want you to get this. When we understand how are we to do this, we're to do this with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul. And we look at this from our heart, it's our will to love. As we look at this from our soul, it's our want to love. And as we look at this with our mind, it's our why to love. 
So we need to learn into this. And I love what R.C. Sproul says about this. He says, if we want to love God more, we have to know him more deeply. And the more we search the scriptures, the more we focus our minds, attention on who God is and what he does, the more we understand just a tiny little bit more about him. And the more our souls break out in flame, we have a greater ardor to honor him. The more we understand God with our minds, the more we love him with our minds. So my brothers and sisters, it's important that we lock this into our minds. And I want to stop us here because I want to pray for our minds. And I want to pray specifically that we would do what the prophet Isaiah spoke in Isaiah chapter 26, where he said, the Lord will keep us in perfect peace whose minds have stayed on thee. There's more. We're going to take part one and two. We're going to end here. We're going to go home on this. But here's what I want you to know. Our minds are a battleground. And the enemy is waging war because he wants to take our minds captive. And the Lord wants us to know that in his hands, it's the safest place for our minds to be. Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will conclude his message, which is titled, The Love Movement. There is only 10 minutes left in the message, so this will be a short but impactful episode. The text for this message is Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. So, if you have your Bibles, please turn into Matthew 22 right now as we join in with Pastor Chuck. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck continues to the next message in the Love Movement series. 